Yeah, you know what time it is. It's time for the Shows All Podcast. You know who I am and what I do. Rob Shaw, a.k.a. The Pod God. Say it with me now, guys. A.k.a. Harry Potter. And today, we're breaking ground today. It's up and it's stuck today, and I'm not lying. Peter, say what's up. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Good. I got my man Peter Matthews on, and I know it's groundbreaking because this is my podcast. I ain't never had somebody who coached at the Final Four on the pod. <laughs> Appreciate you having me, man. Yo, you're from Newburgh. Yep. Boogie Downburg, baby. So, so just really quick, how I found you is you got my you work at Miami, and you guys went to the Final Four. And like you were like, yo, just a kid from Newburgh, and you posted like these pictures, and then like some of the Newburgh people I know shared them, and then immediately groupie mode. Yo, bro, uh, when the season's over, let, let, let's chat. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm really excited for this. All right, so uh, first of all, is basketball your first love? Um, I wouldn't say it's my first love. I'd probably say it's my second or third love. Honestly, I uh, grew up playing. Honestly, my dad was a my dad coached everything in Newburgh. He coached soccer, basketball, football, and baseball. So when I was growing up, I played soccer first. That was the first thing I really played. Okay. And I loved baseball at the same time. And then around probably the age of 10, stopped playing soccer, started playing football. And then probably around the range of eleven or twelve, I started playing basketball at the Boys and Girls Club in Newburgh. And then by 12, 13-ish, I'd say I really fell in love with basketball. I played St. Francis CYO for a guy named Matt Lawrence who really helped me learn how to love basketball. And I'm really thankful for that experience because it really got me to where I am now. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm only 22. I know I look a little old with the beard, but I'm only 22. Oh, my God. I'm a young boy. Oh, I got to hear your story. Okay, so did you play – what sports did you play at NFA? So at NFA, I was a varsity field goal kicker since I was a freshman. So I played football. Um, actually I hold the section nine record for most points as a field goal kicker. We won the section title all four years. I was in high school. I played basketball. I played JV for three years. Actually, I played eighth, ninth and 10th and then varsity 11th and 12th. And I played baseball. I, w- I played freshman year. I played JV and then sophomore 11th and senior year. I played uh, varsity. All right, this is a basketball podcast. Can you just throw me some of your teammates from um, your basketball senior year? Yeah, senior year, I, I, my team was um, trying to think. It gets a little wild. I had Sam Clark was a, was on my team, um, Zachariah Barnes, okay. uh, Kyle Skivington. Um, those are the ones I can really remember off the top of my head. It just wasn't a – we didn't have a, the best team, so you kind of try to forget those years. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I love all those guys. Some of us – a lot of a lot of us still stay in contact. Um, but – yeah, I ended up actually going to Robert Morris University to play football. And after three, after two years, I didn't really love it anymore. I felt like it was best. That's for me. Division One. Yeah. Yep. So I played two years there, and then after the year COVID happened, we our season got canceled. And I kind of just started really doing a lot of basketball. Like I worked some of the guys at Robert Morris out. Like some of the guys that play. Uh, some of them are still there. A couple of them have left and going to the transfer portal and going other places, but. Um, I started working guys out. I work out myself, and I just was like, you know what, my senior year, 
didn't really want to play football anymore. Thought it was best to just go on a, like a student assistant with basketball. And I was at every practice. And uh, I'm really thankful that Coach Andy Toole brought me in and just welcomed me with open arms and the staff. Uh, and those guys, I, I love those guys, and I would be nowhere without them. But it was just an incredible, like, change of gears, kind of, going from one thing to the other because, like, I was there to play football, and I live with two football guys. And um, But, yeah, it was crazy going from playing football. Here I am. I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete to kind of being like, all right, I got to make sure I stay in shape and kind of I'm here to play basketball and coach basketball and do whatever they ask me. It's kind of a big – especially going from, like, a, a – player to a manager because you're kind of like on top of the world to like managers they do everything like managers the most important job in the whole program organization because without a manager without managers you can't do anything it's it's a big big task you know who's smiling if he hears this right now jay billis yeah, Jay Billis would love that. No, but, no, no. Um, Jay Billis, if he ever hears this, he's cracking a giant smile because he is one of the biggest advocates for uh, managers. Yeah, it's a big thing. And um, here at the Miami, we have about 15 to 20. And that Robert Morris, maybe even more, honestly. And Robert Morris, I think we had about seven. So it's a big, big difference. Like here, you, you have a guy, each guy has a, a rebounder or two, some even three. So it's kind of just like, you got to be thankful for having those guys around no matter where, where it is. You mentioned that um, you're into working out and you started working out with um, some of the, you started training some of the basketball players, correct? Yes, sir. Um, So this is something that I've firmly believed for a while that football training, particularly in the weight room, that basketball players should be training like football players, the explosiveness Maybe not the straight heavy weights, but the plyometrics and the the fast twitch stuff you guys do always translates. And that's why like certain basketball player or certain football players, maybe they don't have the skill work for basketball, but like the athleticism is almost off the charts. You, I'm sure you've seen Miles Garrett pick up a ball or Stefan Diggs and you're like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Crazy. And uh, I wasn't necessarily like doing like weightlifting stuff with them, but we do some agility and some conditioning stuff. But just even like you said, like a little fast switch, like hitting the ladder and, you know, learning how to backpedal and all that kind of stuff we would do just for like, it was, it was fun, but it was for a reason. And uh, I'm just thankful that those guys let me learn from them as much as I, they learned from me also. Like it would be late night. Like we'd be in there at like nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, working till 12, one o'clock in the morning. Like as much as we were working, we were also having a lot of fun. So I'm really thankful for that too. You were falling in love with the grind, essentially. Yeah. Yep, 100%. 100%. All right, so you graduated from Robert Morris? Yep, I graduated a year from in May. It'll be a year. What's your degree in? Uh, bachelor's in communicate, sports communications. I'm in. All right, so, and then you, did you, actually, I'm not, just tell me, how did you get to Miami? So, the business is a very hard thing to get into and I'm very thankful and honestly lucky I got in and um, I had a great surrounding of people by me. So I had the Robert Moore staff help me in any way they could. Anytime I called a coach, say, Hey, do you know, a coach at whatever university I'm applying for this job, they, they'd go and call or, Hey, a coach, I'm, I'm trying to get this job. They'd go and call. And then I other, I also had a, another assistant at air force named Jared check. Um, Coach Shane Southwell, who's now at Northern Illinois. And um, 
those guys, I would be on the phone with them all the time. Like my roommates, um, both of them, one of them ended up going to play uh, football at Robert Moore. Uh, he played football at Robert Morris, but then went to Rice. His name is Jacob Wilson. He's gonna he's trying to get into the grind right now too, and trying to get into football though. And then um, my other guy was uh, Daryl Sullivan. He's also trying to get into the business a little bit too in the athletic department room. Um, shout out to those guys because we'd be just hanging our hanging out ten ten forty five at night, and boom, somebody would call me, and I'd be on the phone for forty minutes, and they would laugh at me like, "Dude, you're crazy, man. You're always on the phone. I'm, like, I'm just trying to get a job, man. Just trying. It was all day nonstop till I got the job. Like it would be this person would call me, this school would call me, or this person finally would email me back or and it was just it was really a grind just to get here and I ended up getting about four or five interviews um I had gotten the position at one or two others I kind of pulled myself out of two other places but once I got the job in Miami and basically I went in I just emailed I emailed the um operations people um sports staff here and uh they emailed me, they sent me a questionnaire, and I had to record myself um, on like a Zoom kind of thing, but I was recording myself. No, Nobody's asking me the question. So I sent that in, got another interview, yeah, and then I had another interview, and then boom, I got the job. And um, I'm really thankful that like whoever, I'm not really sure, I'm I'm almost 100% sure it's Andy Toole, head coach Robin Morris. He helped me out. He, he definitely called people, but not too sure who the references they called were I know he called a couple people on staff that he knew but um without him I would be nowhere because he's he's the man and I love that guy and he ever asked me or needs me for something I'm always here for him and I would be nowhere without him and uh it was just when I got the job I I the guy called me and said yeah can you let me know in 24 hours and I said yeah I called my mom I said we start looking at apartments in Miami because we're going there's no way I'm turning this down and we made everything work and uh God, God bless me. It was an unreal experience this year, and I'm so thankful for that. But yeah, it was it was it was a grind, man. I was, it was probably about a two three week period where I was just on the phone constantly. I remember my buddy uh, Wilson. He would be like, "Dude, man, you got to relax a little bit. Like, I know you're working, but dude, you're giving yourself all worked up. I'm like, man, I just I want this so bad. I want it so bad. Like, I wanted a job so bad. It was just all day, every day. I'd be on my phone. Like, it was it was almost like I was working like an agent. Like, I was just nonstop on and off the phone. It was crazy. Now, are you in school at Miami? Are you a graduate student working on your yep. master's? Yep, I'm working on my master's in sports administration. Um, it's been a fun, honestly, semester. because actually stuff I really enjoy learning, and you never know where it might take you after this. So I'm really enjoying school for the first time probably in a long time, too. All right, so what's Jim Laranega like? He's an unreal guy. He's just always full of energy, very, very happy every time he comes in, um, very positive person. We really don't have too much negativity around at all, even after a loss. He, we would rather be have, he'd rather have everybody be away from each other than next to each other after a loss. Um, so it was just watching him dance was incredible, too. I, I, would, I would love to watch him dance every year if I could, but, you know, it was just unreal. It was, he's such a good person. I'm so thankful for him. We developed a very nice relationship, and um, – I'm really, really happy that it worked out that he I get to call him my my boss. Um, what else did I want? Where is what what are your specific what's your title first? Okay, so I'm a graduate assistant. Mm -hmm. And um a lot of the stuff I do is we we use uh, this uh, software called sports code. That's how we clip the game. So every game that we scout or play in, it's on sports code and you have to like it. So it's kind of like a coding thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to work. It's hard, very hard to explain, but very simple once you understand it. And um, so basically, if they want to watch like every Isaiah Wong made three point shot, boom, they can click on the organizer in the matrix and watch every single one. Uh, we do a lot of that, just making the guy make sure the guys get the class, and then a lot of player development. And honestly, whatever anybody in this support staff or staff needs, like if Coach Larry Nigga says, "Hey, can you come help me with my bag?" Sure, boom, you go and help him. You know, so it's been it's been an awesome experience. Like I just I get to like work out with these guys and watch them train, help them train, rebound, and pass, and you know, run them through drills. It's been unreal. Like, and being at Miami, you're in the capital of the world, really, right now because everybody's here. So like in the summer, I got to develop a relationship with Bam Adebayo. He's become a very good friend. John Wall, Dennis Smith Jr., Donovan Mitchell, like them coming in and wanting to work out in our facility, I can actually call those guys friends. Like I've gone to probably seven or eight Miami Heat games or games this year in the NBA. I haven't paid for a ticket. They've blessed me and got me tickets and taken care of me. I've gone on the floor. Um, And Ronnie Taylor, who's a big trainer down there, he's really helped me out with that too. And um, I'm very thankful for the relationship him and I have developed and been an unreal just whole year like it, i've been a miami hurricane for 10 months now and it's been honestly the 10 best months of my life now ultimately what do you want to do do you want to coach basketball you said you're going for your master's in uh sports admin i want to be a head coach i don't really care um the level necessarily but rather it be nba college um just want to be a head coach somewhere and develop a program and you know and the cool thing about being a GA here is I'm not sure the exact number I know it's over 20 but coach L and his staff have sent over 20 former GAs to the NBA after working here as like player development guys or video guys whatever it may be operations so that's a really cool thing he'll he'll help you in any any way and I'm just so blessed that he's such a great human being and the whole staff like and you go to places and you hear all like, you know, that everything's great. Everything's great. But this has honestly been unreal. Like, there's not a bad person within the program. It's unreal. Um, do you have any relationship with uh, Harold Rayford, junior, not senior? Um, I know him pretty well, but not, I wouldn't say we have like a great relationship. Okay. Well, I've had him on the pod before because he's another local guy. I'm my, my listeners laugh at this because I tell this to like every guest I have like you. I'm obsessed with people like me, you, and Harold, people that love sports so much, and they find out, well, I'm probably never going to play pro, but I need to be around it because I can't not be. So, like, that's why you guys are my favorite kind of guest. Like, people that are like, okay, fine, Um, I'm not going to the NBA, I'm not going to the NFL, but I'll be damned if my life doesn't involve sports in some professional way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I I thought for a while when I was a kid, and honestly, when I was, like, a freshman in high school, I thought I was going to be in the NFL. I thought I was going to be a professional kicker. Um, I just kind of got the injury bug a little bit towards the end. I rolled my ankle going into my senior year. Um, never really came back the same. I don't want to blame it on that. I kind of just lost a little love for it after that. Went to college, broke my foot my freshman year. Um, what kind of break? It was a uh, – can't even remember it wasn't anything too serious I think it might have even been just like a stress fracture honestly my kicking foot and it just never Jones? really felt I'm, I'm, I really don't even remember okay. I'm really. king of the Jones fracture I've done two so like yeah. I'm always interested like I can't really even it was I tried to just 
not remember. It was so block that out. Yeah, block that part out. And I, even throughout college, like I always played like intramural basketball. Like I'm, a, I'm a pretty good basketball player. Like I was in high school. I was always the guy that came in, knocked down the bailout shot. I was a tough, scrappy dude. Like wanted the ball. How tall are you? I'm about five nine, five ten, five ten. Okay. I'm good. So I'm not the biggest person, but like I played and I battled. You know, I started some games in NFA. Uh, growing up, I always looked up to Marcus Henderson and Mike McLeod, those two guys, Damon Kowser, um, then Gerard Skurlock, Jason McAllister, and then Donovan Fields and Slinky. Those guys, all those guys I kind of watched growing up. And those guys, I, I wanted to be them so bad. So Justin Ruddy was another one. I was probably about – oh, and Terry Coleman, of course, too. I was probably about six or seven when Terry Coleman and Justin Ruddy played. And then my um, – my uncle, Frank Unicenzio, was the coach at NFA during the um, uh, state championship run and all of them. Uh, so, like, Will Bowden year, the year they hit the shop. My mom always tells the story. So, Pace University's gym, we were right all the way up in the middle because we were, we were young kids. We were, I was eight. Yeah, I was eight. So, we're all the way up top. And Will Bowden hits the shot, and I run full speed down the middle of the court, jump on the dog pile, Mike McLeod's hugging me. He's lifting me up in the air like I was Simba. It was like the, like those guys loved me, and I loved them when I was at a young age. So Mike's senior year, uh, he broke his hand. He couldn't play. We're playing a game in Washingtonville. My dad gave me 10 bucks. He said, go to the go to the store or go to the little uh, concession stand. Get whatever you want. Get Mike whatever he wants. We walked. He held my hand the whole way. So I was like a little kid. I was nine. He held my hand. We walked to the store. We walked back. And I just remember things like that because, like, as I got older, I always wanted people around me that were younger so I could lead them and guide them. And it was just an unreal experience. Marcus Henderson, I wore a headband, number three, and had the high socks with the LeBron shoes because of him, you know. And, and then, if I'm guessing, he's probably who shared your picture that saw that I saw. Probably, yeah, probably, probably. Mark and I have had a great relationship, and now I'm kind of a man now, so we've he grown. I've grown to call him a friend instead of more like a role model. But he was always been a friend. But Mike, I I haven't. I mean, Mike McLeod was unreal. He was an unreal player. Um, that guy was an animal. That well, yeah, that team was loaded. It was. The, I think it's the best team ever that in in New York that I've ever watched. Uh, some of those Mount Vernon teams are awesome, but in Section Nine, it's the best team ever. Nobody can say anything. They, I mean, they won the whole thing. Nobody else has. But like. They could they, anybody could get twenty on any given night, and they could all have twenty on any given night. It was unreal. So I'm a little bit older than you. I'm I'm actually older than most of those guys you named as well. Okay. But when I was a sophomore at Our Lady of Lords playing JV, I want to say Damon Kowser was a eighth grader on Beacon's JV. Okay. Yep. Yep. Before he moved over. Yep. We knew he was a dog from the, we played them in a Christmas tournament. Um, I was in 10th grade. He was in eighth grade. He was the MVP of the tournament. We, we yeah, couldn't do shit with him. I just actually, I haven't talked to Dash in, in years and I just started rekindling our relationship not too long ago. He was very, very inspirational to me. And, you know, he was just, he would message me, bro. I got Miami. You know, I, I love Miami. love your team. I got the one in it all. I'm like, thanks, Mike. Or uh, thanks, Damon. I really appreciate it. You know, and, uh, it's just really cool watch ha having looked up to them to having them watching me do what I love now. It's all, it's unreal. 
And um, like that whole team, I loved it. And then the next year they had Don, uh, Devon McMillan come. Um, it was under Dominique Jacobs was another one. It was a uh, Toby Clark. It, I can I can keep going on and on. I was I'm a Newburgh thick and thin man. I'm I'm I was invested as a kid. I didn't miss a game probably from I could really walk till I could left. Like even then I was still stuck around for the Jolly King Amari Tice years. Um, this past year DeAndre Johnson. Like I'm I'm a big Newburgh oh, guy. That kid, whew, that kid is special. I'm a big Section Nine guy too. I was a big Justin Robinson guy. So Justin's like Justin is my brother's age, and okay, I I don't think they would have an issue saying that like I was the group big brother for them. Yeah, like like Justin went on to Monmouth. We used to go to games. Like I actually texted him today something about sneakers. Uh, yeah, somebody posted some stupid thing that said this sneaker is the third best of all time, and I know he's a sneaker aficionado. So, yo, <laughs> where does this rank? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big uh, – Aaron Ray was actually a friend of mine when I was younger. Uh, and Kendrick, I knew a little bit, not well. But I watched him. I thought he was unreal. Um, just all those guys. It was so much talent section nine. I was, it's it's unreal. And I can go on and on and on and about it. But it's just I, – I really, really, really love that era of basketball in section nine. I thought every night it was a war. It's and what made you fall in love with it. That, yeah, that that's what really – and then the first player that I could say I beside everybody loved LeBron, Kobe. Like those are the reasons like you watch it and you love it. Like those are like the like once people ask you, oh, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite player of all time? You always say Kobe, Mike, or LeBron. It's usually those three. So of course I, I'm a LeBron guy. That's that's my era. I'm a little later LeBron. But the first player that I can remember that made me fall in love with the game that was an NBA that I didn't like not an NFA guy was John Wall. John Wall was. Let's talk that Kentucky talk. Yeah. So I'm a big Kentucky guy. Okay. So I've been – the first NBA guy I met when I was here was John Wall. And oh boy. I – you know, I'm a, I grew up a Duke fan. All my Since probably about 2004, it was the first basketball jersey I ever had was J.J. Red jersey. So from 2004 all the way till I graduated, just about college. I lost love in the middle there somewhere in college. Um. Now I've got to, you know, dislike Duke, whatever, ACC, this, that. You guys are in the same conference. Can I ask you about – so I didn't go to a Division One school. Okay. So do you think some of your loss of loving Duke is because you're – Robert Morris isn't competing with Duke directly, but you guys are on the same playing field. So in 2015, Robert Morris played Duke in the first round when Duke won the national championship. And it was actually a pretty decent game up until about like the around that like third quarter-ish mark, like late in the second half, like that 10-minute mark. It was like they kind of pulled away um in the second half there. But I, I it wasn't really that. I'm not, I just felt like as I was starting to get into basketball, Duke's a very brotherhood-oriented place. So it's they it play goofy basketball. Hard. You can't say it because you gotta go get I can say they play goofy, like sometimes the style is very Hoosiers, and you're like, catch up to the real world. Yeah, not even that. It was more just like, I knew, like, if, if I had, a, like, let's say I was in a spot to get a job, like, like if, I, if I could get every head coaching job in the country, they would be the one not to offer it just because they keep it in the family, no matter what, mm-hmm. it's going to be a guy. And I didn't go to Duke, so I kind of started losing a little love for them. But, like, 
my whole childhood was Duke. I can't say anything necessarily bad about them. My dad I mean, is born and raised in North Carolina. I grew up a Duke fan. Like I stopped liking Duke um, right around the time when um, I, I saw not even Derrick Rose at Memphis. I saw uh, Darius Washington Jr. at Memphis. Okay. Fell in love with Coach Cal and like was sort of just keeping an eye on him. And then when he moved to Kentucky, I kind of went with him, and then like I've just been loyal to Cal since. Yeah, so then like every or so John Wall and I have become very, very close. Like I could FaceTime call him, I can text him, I can call him. You know, every time I walk in the gym, he's when he's working out, say, hey PD, you know, it's it's unreal. And that's the guy that made me fall in love with him. I told him, I said, Listen, like, John, like you're you were God to me when I was a kid. I had the zig text, I wore the high socks, I had the half white, half with the zig arm sleeve, you know, like. And I was a Duke fan doing this. He was like, Dang, I like that's that's crazy, Pete. Like that's I love that. I'm so thankful that I could you can tell me that, you know, I'm part of your journey now for the rest of your life. And um, Bam's another Kentucky guy. Bam's one of the nicest guys on earth. Um always positive spirited. Um both North Carolina kids. Yeah, both North it's crazy that North Carolina's a very slept on area for basketball. Another one that I'm honestly probably the closest with is Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. Another, yeah. Another North Carolina guy. Um, he's the only one that stayed in state. Uh, and he's just, they're, they're like, some of these guys, like, you get, you probably, people probably get like, oh, you, you know them. Like, these guys are my friends now. Donovan Mitchell, I just went up to Cleveland. To, I actually went up to Pittsburgh, and uh, my buddy that I was telling you about, Daryl, and I, we drove up to uh, Cleveland to watch the last game of the year. It was honestly, it was Donovan versus Dennis. Neither one of them played. Uh, they each gave me two tickets. So, me, I brought three people with me. We had a great time. Um, and just like being able to say, yo, Don, can you give me two tickets to this game? The the first text we got when I when we went to the Final Four was, yes, sir, bro. Uh, love it, Donovan Mitchell. You know? Like that's yeah, that's of- dope. I, yeah, it's like I'm like, I had your jersey when I was a senior in high school when you first got to the Jazz. Like all right. Speaking of the Final Four, what's that experience like? I mean, I I still it didn't hit me till about probably about a week ago that, that it all happened. Like the whole year was unbelievable. Like starting first, like the beginning of the year, you know, we had the hype coming off the elite eight. I wasn't here last year. So I didn't really know what was next. Um, and right when I got here, I felt like we had something going, we had something cooking and Throughout the year, we just kept getting better and better and better. And then January came, and we just kept going up and down, up and down. We hit a couple bumps. And then I think it was the first or second game in February. The first game of February was at Clemson. They were ranked number one team in the ACC at the time. We went in there and beat them. And then we played Saturday and Monday. And then Monday, Duke came. Duke was kind of starting to re, re – not revive, but, yeah, I guess kind of get their swagger back a little bit. Catch and their stride. Just, yeah, catch their stride. Perfect. Um and they beat us earlier in the year. We didn't really like how that game ended. Um, felt a little like, damn, we, we, that's one we could have had. And then we just absolutely beat the brakes off of them. And it was all – it was unbelievable after that. We won like seven or eight in a row. And then our big man got hurt in the ACC tournament. And we lost to Duke by about six, I think, or seven. And then it was tournament time. And that first round we were down, I think, eight with 350 left. And – we came back and won by seven. We went on a 16 to one run in like three minutes, 50 seconds. It was unreal. 
And then we, we, we smacked Indiana up and down a little bit. They were a great team, but we just were better that night. Houston, I mean, they were the, you know, the bully. We were – people mm-hmm. were, didn't think we can get by them. And we just – we shot the cover off at that day. I think Nigel Pack hit about seven threes. Isaiah had – I think we had three guys with 20 or two guys with 20. And everybody just played their part. We were – I honestly, we, we were the better team. I think we were the better team than them. And Texas was just – Texas was like a movie. Like, it felt like – like. Every we were, it was back and forth early, and then in the second half they kind of pulled away. And about the ten minute mark, we'll go through the ball if a guy's back, got it, dunked it, and we went on like a thirty-seven to fifteen run or something like that to close out the game. Something crazy. I can't remember if it's off the top of my head, but it just felt like each we just kept creeping and creeping. It wasn't really like we were scoring baskets. We just weren't letting them score. And when we would score, it would, it was it was sometimes it would just be a pair of free throws. Boom, we cut it from thirteen to eleven. You know, it's just simple, and we just pulled away, and it was unreal, unreal feeling. Like, I, I just couldn't believe we got to cut the net for the second time in the year, and taking it all in was just like, I couldn't really take everything all in because it's just like, how, I'm just a kid from Newburgh, and now I'm on the world's biggest stage in college basketball. I'm going to the Final Four, you know, and I'm just thinking about everybody that's been a part of my journey. You know, my parents wouldn't be anywhere without them, my brother John. Uh, my cousin Matthew, who's actually lives with me now, uh, down here in Miami, um, we call him Ice. He, uh, you know, everybody, the coaches, Coach Tool, Coach Larinaga, everybody. It was just an unreal. Like being a part of that was something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I, and, I know your time is valuable, so I just have two more quick questions, and I'm gonna let you fly, bro. No, all good. I'm, I'm, I got time. Cleared everything up for this. All right, my first one. Outside of the Final Four. What is the best atmosphere you guys played in this year? Um, that's a great question. Uh, trying to think, you got to give me a second there. We played in some great places. The ACC, everybody loves basketball. That's that's mm-hmm. the thing. The ACC. Um, my dad, I, like I said, he grew up in North Carolina. What they called the ACC was always competitive competition. Yeah, it was. It's unreal, and um, I'd say for us. Duke is Duke. I think Duke is just like that for everybody. So I can't really put them one because like that's the, it's the same for everybody. Carolina probably gets a little wilder in there, but it's sold out. It's jumping every night. So I can't put them one. I'd say Pitt was unreal for us because everybody was wearing yellow. They were wearing yellow. They kept jumping up and down, and we ended up blowing that one. Uh, Clemson was cool too. Uh, but I'd say it would be those two and Carolina was cool, but NC State was awesome too. They, it was sold out that day. And uh, I'd say those three, Pitt, uh, Clemson, and NC State, off the top of my head. I, it was it was cool to experience all that, honestly, just because I grew up a Duke fan, never went to a Duke game in, in Cameron. And, and now you're coaching there. Yeah, that was It was cool, and we, we should have won. So that one stings a little bit. I, I kind of I give them the crowd this credit for that. But they, it's Duke. It's always an awesome crowd. Final, right. four, final four was cool. It's just so big. You don't realize how many people are really in there. Like, where is your piece of net? Uh, my piece of net from that is right here. Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, that question couldn't have gone better. Wait, I got both of them. I got the ACC one over there. I got this one on my head. I saw so it. I keep, I have both shirts from when we cut the net, both hats. I don't really wear them that often. I wore this one today, but other than that, I really don't like to wear them just because I want to eventually get a box and keep them. He's like, I was talking to some people at the coaches convention in Houston. Like, 
dude, man, you're, you're in year one. Some people coach 70 years and never make it out the first round or make it at all. Damn, that's, I never really thought about it like that, you know. Will we you made, be back at Miami next year? I'll be back, yep. I'll be back 100%. Oh, I will be keeping extra close tabs and – like it's a, I have a small listenership, but when I tell you like they go to war for the people that come on, they're gonna go to war for you, bro. Do it, let's do it. Go Canes, baby. I'm I'm happy to be here. Like I told you, man, this has been awesome. And uh, you know, I, I always think about when we would go to Kingston as a kid and how crazy that crowd would be. And then you go to an arena where it's nineteen thousand people instead of a thousand people going crazy, and you're like, damn, man, I wish I was in Kingston right now playing in the dungeon, you know. <laughs> Crazy because, like, these kids. I mean, we have a great group of guys, great group of guys Isaiah Wong, ACC player of the year, Jordan Miller, Norchet O'Meara, Nigel Peck, Wilga Poplar, Bensley Joseph, and so on and so on. Those guys, they were unreal. Like, it was just such a good group to be around. And I'm so thankful that I got to be around this team. And, like, those guys work like pros. Like, some of them are going to be pros. Like, rather if it's here in the NBA or if it's overseas, like, they're going to get a bag, they're going to play pro. Like those guys are they're like Wooga Poplar might be the best kept secret of America. Like he's gonna be a freak next year. Like he's gonna take the world by storm next year. I'm telling you right now. Yo, Peter, this was so fly. And I'm gonna tell you, like I tell just about every guest, either on camera or off camera, I'm mad annoying. So I'm gonna hit you up again. Like I'll hit you up to just talk random who's, but I'm also gonna hit you up like. Yo, you guys just bagged a big recruit. You got 15 minutes. I'm annoying, and I know it, but I'm I'm upfront about it. No, I, I listen, man. We can keep going on and on and on. Like I, I love talking like this. I can talk like this all day, all night. Like I'm a I'm a sports junkie. I'm a basketball junkie. I'm a eight four five junkie. I'm a college basketball junkie. I love this. Like I eat, sleep, and live this. Like this is all I do. So I my friends, if you ever ask them, like they they'll tell you. My especially my roommates in college, like. We have this group chat called Shake the Room. It's all it's like my cousins from home, my friends from home, my, and my friends from college. That thing lights up about a topic and it goes on all day. And it's something it could be about like if you know the LeBron James doing Brooks beef, whatever. You know, it, it just it's awesome. So shout out to those guys too. I wanted to make a point to do that. Yo, guys, you know what this is. You know it's time to sign off, but we gotta give a special thanks to the homie Peter Matthews. For pulling up thank you peter we i appreciate it so much i appreciate you having me man you know just a kid from newburgh like i always say just a kid from the 845 this has been the shaw's law podcast and like that we out